How's it going, everyone? Welcome into the Sports Appeal Podcast. I'm your host, AJ Teal. Alongside of me, my dad is always Noel Teal. I'm here. It I'm, is it is week seven of the NFL. Yeah, I, I'm getting over my angst, but we're getting there. We're getting, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling like this is a new week. It is It is a new week, and, and every week's a new week. But I feel excited about this week specifically. Why? Why? Because the Cowboys we, are playing the Redskins? No, not because of that, because we got a great new, we got a great host. We have a special guest. Tom Downey is with us. Uh, we are so excited to have Tom Downey, sports writer, broadcaster, chat sports, host of the Cowboys Report and NFL Daily host, and also alumni of Miami of Ohio, as I like to call Ben Roethlisberger University, because that's the only reason it is relevant, to, to my knowledge. Wasn't it because of Ben and Tom? Well, Ben and Tom, yes. Okay. Welcome to the broadcast, <laughs> Tom. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Awesome. So, you know, we, uh, we were joking before, but besides you and, and Ben, who else we got from uh, the alumni of Miami, Ohio? Oh, let's see. We got Sam Sloman. There was a president at one point you guys might have heard of, Doc Emmerich. And then there's a, been a pretty good run of coaches that have come on through my, Miami. All right. Oh, well, at least we got enough. Doc Emmerich. We're, we're huge NHL fans, yeah. and, and we're, we're, we're proud of him, even though he's retiring. Right. You know, yeah. We're going to miss his voice. All right. And we are going to have Dom here. Or we're going to have Tom here to pick all of the Week 7 games with us, give us his fantasy input. Uh, uh, takes and also give us some news and talk some Cowboys and why they're struggling so bad. We got a lot to get into. Let's run it. All right, we have, as, as like we said, we have Tom Downey, special guest. Tom, how's it going? Going good. Uh, the Cowboys are bad, but other than that, yeah, well, life is good. We're going to talk a lot about that. We're actually curious. I mean, one of the nice things about having uh, guests on here, you know, AJ is a budding uh, high school senior broadcaster wannabe. So love to know your story, Tom. How, how did you get to where you are? And, and, and you know, love to know... Uh, Kind of how, what it's like in the daily life of uh, Tom in the, in the Cowboys' realm. Well, you're ahead of where I was when I when I was in high school. I I didn't do much of the the writing side. I was an average golfer, so I played on a high school golf team. I I love the NFL. I love sports. And when I went to Miami, I'm like, okay, well, I want to do something with sports. I'm not good enough to play football. <laughs> Coaching isn't really a thing that happens right now, so let's let's try this whole media thing. Uh, and I, I started off as as a, a sports writer for the for the student paper, the Miami Student. Then I got radio work in at the uh, at WMSR, which is the student radio station. And yeah, I, I fell in love with it. Doing play by play was the absolute best. Uh, I did some writing on the side, mostly NFL draft and some Cowboys-specific stuff for a company called Chat Sports when I was a, a ju uh, junior, senior in, in college. They had a job opening that happened to open up uh, not long after I graduated. At the time, that was a, a writing-only job, and then uh, it kind of evolved into the on-air YouTube-focused one that it is today, so I, I think having that writing background to get the basics down was super important and then the the radio play-by-play -play stuff 
really helped develop the on-air speaking, and it's just blossomed into what it is today. Yeah, well, if you haven't had a chance, people listening to listen to Tom on his YouTube, it's awesome. Yeah, the Cowboys Report, I have been listening there since less, I mean, it's up to like 80,000 followers. I think I was there before, maybe 5,000. Yeah. I've been listening to you for a while now, and I love, I love the videos, uh, all the videos that you put out there. Thanks, AJ. Appreciate it. All right, so let's get into uh, NFL news and notes, and we'll, we'll skip mm-hmm. the Cowboys for a second because we got plenty to talk about. First, we got to talk about Tua time. Really? I mean, did, were you just blown away by this call by Miami? You know, I was a little surprised by it. Um, the the bye week timing is very beneficial for Miami, yeah. but I, I kind of think one of the main reasons that they did this is because they need to figure out if Tua is going to be the guy for them. Not because this Miami Dolphins team is going to be terrible and they're going to have a top-five pick, but that Houston first-round pick could very well be top-five. So at that point, they need to know, okay, is Tua developing on a path we feel comfortable with, or do we need to punt quickly, go Josh Rosen style on him, or I guess Dwayne Haskins style too, and take a different quarterback this year. So the timing was was very unexpected for me, but I think they're aware of, hey, we got to get this guy in there. We got to see what he can do, throw him to the fire a little bit, because we might have a chance to take another quarterback early. It's a really good point, because from my perspective, I was just looking at the heartbreak of Fitzmagic. Yeah. The fact that they were one game out of first place, he's played well. He's had three games over 300 yards. Mm-hmm. He, the team rallies and loves the guy. He's, you know, he's the guy who everybody wants to run through the wall for, and he's teaching and mentoring two of the whole way. Why yeah. not? Mm-hmm. Why not play it out a little longer? Yeah, I definitely agree with Tom's point. And, and to think of it, it, it is a you've seen quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, get put in the situations where their team are their teams are one and seven, their teams are, are two and eleven, and they get put in the last couple of weeks. And is that really where they're three and three? They're like you said, they're one game out of first place, and and they're really saying you were the top prospect coming out of college. If you didn't get injured, you were probably going. You know, start you were right one. there with Burrow, yeah, was, with with the number one. one pick. You were you were starting day one, and you were one and one or two, depending on on how Burrow played. But you're they're putting them in a, him in a situation where you were the top prospect. You're three and three. We're giving you the record. Okay, and giving fine. you the opportunity. Tom, do you, you think take. he's going to be successful? I certainly hope so. Um, the offensive line does give me a little bit of pause, but I think there are going to be ups and downs for Tua. I think life's going to be a little bit harder for him than it was at Alabama, which is is to be expected. My expectation, though, is that you're you're going to see Tua have success, but it's not going to be consistent success. And not to mention, he has to start his game against Aaron Donald, which is not fun for anyone, especially a first game of his career uh, quarterback. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Antonio Brown news. He is is rumbling around the NFL with some rumors that his suspension is up after eight games, so in just in just a, uh, two weeks, that the Seahawks have interest in signing him. What is your, your take on, on Antonio Brown? <sighs> he is a problem child, to say the least. I think I sighed the same time you sighed. <laughs> uh, you know, Seattle, I think, has proven that they're a good organization to handle that type of personality in the locker room. The, the on-field concept of inserting a Antonio Brown alongside Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf in an offense that is finally allowing 
Russell Wilson to Cook is a, a Madden dream type of scenario. It's such a brilliant offense. It's so much fun to watch. The risk is certainly there from an off-the-field locker room. I'm not getting my targets. I'm going to pout type of deal. But I think if there's an organization that is built to handle those types of issues, I think Seattle is, is up there with the this can work out. The risk is intriguing, or is, is a concern, but it's certainly a, a fascinating potential move, and it fits them going all in. You know, beyond Russell Wilson and I think Bobby Wagner, there are not very many Seahawks players who aren't on their first contracts who are extended beyond the next two years. So if you're going to go all in with an older coach in Pete Carroll, this is probably a good time to actually do it. I, I totally agree with the, the organization standpoint you made because it, it, it is really a big deal. It, it, there's only a few select ones, whether it be the Patriots, the Seahawks, maybe the Ravens, you know, some teams that could have interest in him. The Seahawks really the only team that, that I have heard in, in terms of rumors. But I think people have to remember this guy is is one of the best wide receivers that we've seen in the last decade. Yeah, but he's the, a nightmare. In terms, take away, take away the... the the off-the-field stuff, the, the drama queen stuff. Let's let's talk football. This is this is arguably the best wide receiver we have seen in the past decade. The the stats this dude puts up, the 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 in Pittsburgh, the amount of of big plays and and plays that we just never seen from a wide receiver that he made. Were or I think people forget how how great he was, and this is it's a shame that this is overshadowed pretty much all of that. I'm actually shocked that the Ravens and the Eagles don't have more of an interest in him. Yeah, I, I am too, especially the Ravens, because the Eagles is one thing with their injuries, and, and obviously they don't give a crap because the fact that they don't invest in the wide receiver no matter what, whether it be trade and then passing on Justin Jefferson in the draft, which I don't think any Eagles fan wants to wants to talk about that. But I think that the Ravens is very intriguing in terms of, of Marquise Brown not being able to step up as a number one wide receiver, and Lamar is just, they're as a whole, they're struggling on, on offense throwing the football. Yeah, Tom, what do you think? I mean, could there be another player besides Seattle? I'm not really sure. I think at some level you might see Antonio Brown's camp kind of leak that out of like, oh, hey, you know, we're just, we, you know, this this team wants to have him. Green Bay, from a need perspective, could be a fit or, or a fit. Excuse me. I actually never fully bought into the Ravens once they cut Earl Thomas because I don't think they want to add another uh, volatile personality into that team and that structure with the way that things went with Earl Thomas. So they, they might not be a fit. Th- Philadelphia is an intriguing idea. Someone has to win the uh, the so NFC East. Washington could use a receiver as well. I think Ron Rivera might be a good fit for him, but A.B. also worked out with Haskins, and he's not their quarterback anymore, so maybe maybe that doesn't quite make as much sense. Well, well speaking of the Ravens, they are, are interested in another wide receiver, a former Cowboy in Des Bryant. Uh, deal not... not totally done pen and uh pen and paper but he was working out with the ravens and it is looking like all signs like he will sign to their practice squad what's your your take on des returning to the league uh good to see des get another shot i, I kind of figured he was going to i think baltimore is a good fit for him organization has clearly liked him in the past uh, they could use another big red zone target which at this point i think is mostly what des bryant's going to be used for i just 
He's coming off the injuries. The Achilles didn't help things either. I just, I, I don't, he, was, he wasn't in the right headspace after the Cowboys cut him either. That's why he turned down that big deal from Baltimore to begin with. I think it's a good fit. Then going to the practice squad also makes a lot of sense. He saw something similar with Seattle, who we just mentioned. Damon Harrison, Demarius Randall, and now Michael Kendricks. At all, at one point, it's signed to their practice squad. Randall just got promoted to the active roster to give them extra time to get into game shape, get acclimated to the playbook, and you just kind of stash him for a little bit with the hope that in maybe a month or so, he's able to get called up to the game day roster. And with the new practice squad rules, you can have vets on there. You can promote them to the active roster for two games and then make them a full-time 53-man roster player. So I think it's a good fit for Dez, and I hope he's able to contribute still. I would love to see the X get put back up in the end zone. Yeah. In, in terms hey, of fantasy, though. Uh, there's hey. a Cowboys re revenge game coming his way. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that, not, that's not what I want to see. The, the X <laughs> but it is, it is a funny thing I saw today. I went just to, you know, you know, not anything serious, but just to go see what, what where he was on waivers on, on and fantasy. So I went on waivers. He's not even in the fantasy existence. They don't even have him on waivers. So it was, like, it was just kind of funny to see that. Um, all right, last one. Uh, the Washington football team right, announces that they don't think they're going to have a new name for the entire next year. What is wrong with this organization? Uh, it's a pretty long podcast if you, if you want to get into that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I look, there's, is, there's dysfunction from the top. Uh, Dan Snyder is not a good owner. Um, I think he actually kind of likes the Washington football team. I think it's a little bit different. I also think there's some level of, you know, we don't want to rush this. This is going to be our team name for a long time. Um, I think you can pick something and just move on and, and you'll be fine. But, one of, I one mean, of my, Tom, one of Snyder's my not the, good. One of my friends had the best idea ever. I don't know why this was so simplistic and funny. But he said, just put a potato on the side of the head, put red space skins, and let's just move on. <laughs> yeah, Washington potatoes. There you go. Yeah. All right, so let, let, we've talked NFL. We got to talk mm. a little Cowboys. Okay. We fired first, McCarthy or Nolan? Nolan. Why is he not fired yet? Um, it's very difficult to do an in-season defensive change. I think the I think that McCarthy and Nolan bit off more than they can chew chew when they try to install this creative multiple defense, which I was excited for. The players have not picked it up in the way that they hoped. I think the limited camp had a major impact on that. I thought I thought that the the linebackers have picked it up a little bit better as of late. The secondary, probably again because there's so many moving pieces, they have really struggled to figure out this uh, hybrid zone scheme where you're trying to play match coverage and you're passing off guys and. It's not a simple cover three. It's hybrid cover four quarters at times, and it's just it has not worked in at all. And I'll give Nolan credit. He's tried to do different things. I mean, against the Browns, they ran a base five-man front, which they haven't they hadn't really used that much up up until that point to stop the run. Didn't matter because the defensive line is terrible. Uh, past two games, they've utilized a lot more dime uh, safety looks where they take one of the, the linebackers off. They put Darian Thompson out there, but he's not very good. So you, you've got this really yeah, and, you, and you've got this really bad combination of mental mistakes because they don't trust and don't fully understand the scheme. I don't think yet the players aren't very good, and it's just been a perfect storm of everything that, that has gone wrong on defense. It's just been one thing after another, and they've never really gotten into any sort of groove. Yeah, and and the fact that that Jordan Lewis has duct tape on his glove or on gloves, and the duct tape 
it's special duct tape because it's only attracted to the opposing player's jerseys, and he gets yeah, flagged Jordan, about every single play. Jordan's, Jordan's been pretty rough this uh, year, too. Just, we could go on and on about the roughness. All right, yeah. so I listened to your podcast or your uh, YouTube video last night and, or yesterday, mm. and you were a big proponent of the Cowboys tanking for the rest of the season. Oh, yeah. All right, so we, we're all on that page right now. I'm not there. Mm. I'm still you know, in that camp of if you get in the playoffs, mm. you never know. So I'm still kind of you know, hoping and, and dreaming. <laughs> so there's three players out there that are sort of been talked about on the you know, uh, trade block, and you don't mm. think any one of these would be a good uh, potential really big change or fit for the Cowboys, and that being Justin Simmons of Denver, Anthony Harris of Minnesota, and Riley Reef, the tackle out of Minnesota? I'll go in order there. Uh, Justin Simmons is the most intriguing player of that list to me because if if I'm going to make a trade, I'm looking for someone who is young, who is going to be a part of my organization for several years, and I can get relatively cheap. And he doesn't have Paul Thomas's issues. The first two he hits to a T. I am a huge Justin Simmons fan. I think he's what top ten safety in the NFL. The problem is with him specifically. I don't think Denver's going to give him away for anything less than a second. Maybe you get lucky and you get him for a third since you're bad. But that that might be a top 75 pick. On top of that, this has been an organization that refuses to pay safeties. They, they haven't come close on a bidding war. Justin Simmons was asking for $14 million plus last offseason, and he's not going to settle for a penny less. And that's because his agent is one Todd France. Same agent as Dak Prescott. Didn't get a deal done with, with, with Dak Prescott. I have a tough time seeing you getting a deal done with Justin Simmons before free agency, and then you run the risk of it being a rental. Uh, so that's that's oh, my problem with Simmons. Eventually. I, look, I agree. I, w- I would have paid a safety two years ago. I'm still up that they, they didn't draft Juan Thornhill like I was oh. screaming for, for them to do. But this is not what the organization has tended to do, so I'm trying to be a little more practical there. Um, I like Anthony Harris. I think his yeah cheaper version, except for this year, he actually costs the same as Justin Simmons. So the draft pick capital, I think you could get him for a fifth or even a fourth, and Minnesota's selling as they should be. I think for Harris, that might be one where I might try to explore in free agency, try and hold on to that draft pick, because I don't think he's going to end up back in Minnesota. They are not in a great cap situation. Even though the cap is fake, I don't know if they're going to really throw a bunch of money at him. Uh, and then Riley Reef is the type of player who I would absolutely pursue if I had Dak Prescott. If, if, I, if I still had Dak Prescott, who was finding ways to drag you into games that you had absolutely no business even being a part of. Like, if you had Dak against the Cardinals... Uh, you would have been in the mix. You probably would have lost on the Kenyon Drake 69-yard touchdown or run or whatever it was because the defense is bad, but you would have had a chance late in the fourth quarter. Uh, Riley Reef would have been a good addition to help solidify one of your tackle spots, probably your right tackle spot, but he, I think he is a rental as well, and although I think he'd be a cheap draft pick, I still think you're better served saying, you know what, let's keep our draft capital and let's see if we can still develop some of these younger guys and give them playing time and just see what we have. And, and also on the, our, our first break, one last question for the, for the Cowboys and kind of a, a backstory here. I know you are the type that, that was going crazy Monday night and, and, and calling out all the, the Dalton over Dackers, <laughs> if that's what you want to call it. And, and my co-host here, my, my dad, 
is 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 one of the people who, who stands by you and and was going crazy when all of our our cowboy friends and then the people that, that listen to the podcast were 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 you know messaging us and saying mm-hmm. you have nothing to lose Dalton you know Dalton's better than than Dak is and then he has the experience and, and you and can this, read defense right. and all this BS that I was listening to and then you see Dalton go out and then completely be unable to read a defense that. exactly people are not I have been a Dak fan since Mississippi State. People do not give this guy enough credit. He is a winner. He he he's still leading the NFL in passing, mm-hmm. and, and he's and he's out. And he might still lead it after next week. I mean, this is ridiculous. I want to put this to bed once and for all. I want Dak back. Oh, of course. I mean, I think the 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 two options and the first option is not going to happen. Is if you get the number one overall pick, go ahead and take take Trevor there. That's fine. I'm not getting the number one. The Jets are still going to out-tank you. The Giants and Washington in your division are probably still going to out-tank you. So at that point, pay Dak. You, the real mistake here was you, you, and I don't know how uh, how well-known this is, but the Cowboys' initial offer to Dak, and this is what started the $40 million thing, was disrespectfully low. I mean, it, it was the type of offer where France went, oh, okay, well, then just give me 40. Like, they make you an insulting fantasy football trade offer, and you send one back equally insulting. We did a few it, it, today. It, 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 killed, it killed momentum. Eventually, they got it back, and they were close. Yep. And they went back after that hot start in 2019. And they're like, okay, Dak, let's get this done. And Todd France was like, no, we're going to ask for a little bit more because you waited and because Dak's playing so well, and that never went well, and they never really they never really renegotiated, they don't have a great understanding for what should be a universal truth by now. But even with a potentially flat or down cap next year, the cap's going to go up in two years, yep. and it's going to go up significantly yep. in two years. I mean, we're we're not far away from Derek Carr being the highest paid quarterback in the NFL at $25 million per year. Now we're at $45 million per year with Mahomes, and Derek Carr is still on that contract. So the it is a straight arrow upwards in terms of the salary cap going up and quarterback contracts. If everyone else is doing a four-year deal, just do the four-year deal with Dak. And you know what? If you, if you really want the five-year for flexibility do what you literally did two months ago and just throw on a fake year or two like you did with tyron smith's deal it it shouldn't have been anywhere near this complicated but stephen jones has his value system and he thinks this is what it's going to be cowboys drag their feet and then just to wrap up the whole dalton thing i mean it's there's a unique irony that a it's a small portion but it's a vocal portion this fan base and i don't even know if they're aware of it they're treating Dak precisely like they treated Tony. Yeah. Like, blaming him because the defense is terrible. I mean, it was the it, that Denver Broncos game where Romo throws for 500 yards, five TDs, scores like 50 points, but there's the interception late in the game because he's trying to pull off a damn miracle. And, oh, it's Tony's fault. Fellas, if the quarterback's really good, maybe it's everything else. <laughs> and, and in this case, it is everything else. Yeah. All right, all right. We are going to get into our picks for Week Seven across the whole NFL. But first, a word from our sponsor. Back from our break, let's break down uh, the Week Seven picks like we always do, and give you our starts and our sits and our fantasy intakes as well. And this is what I, I want to change it up. Uh, just when we start with the game, we start. 
We are going to start with the Dallas Cowboys we are. versus the Washington Redskins game because we usually save them for last because we're Cowboy fans and we give the longest, you know, breakdown of the game. Are we a, bias, have, are we a biased podcast? We are. We have no Cowboys bias here. <laughs> but I, they have lost the respect of going last. Fair. They will now be bunched with the bad teams and they will go first. Okay. And it doesn't help that they're playing Washington, but it's just how it will go. And let's start with let's start there with Cowboys at Washington. What is your take? So right now we have Washington who if they lose, they're in real good sh- shape for the overall first pick overall, and if they win, they're in first place. So <laughs> I, this whole season's ridiculous. If uh, look, the Washington front four Tom, I mean you'll 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 agree with this, I'm sure, is ferocious. You know they're I mean? good. They're real good. Their I mean, back they... end is horrific. So, yeah. I mean, if Dalton can stay upright, then he should be able to throw the ball to the three amigos. Yeah. You know? So, I still like the – I know I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hate this pick, but I still think the Cowboys are going to win this game. I still think they're a better team. They find a way. Is, and th- is that – am I seeing – Am I seeing that right? That Washington is favored by one? Yeah, because they're home. I had no, I had no idea. I'm, I'm being so serious uh, right now. Washington is favored by one. That, That's how bad we are. That is that, that line has been all over the place. Uh, it, it opened as, I think, Cowboys by three, and it's been kind of flowing back and forth between Cowboys by one, Washington by one, and a pick which is actually what, what I'm seeing on, on my betting site right now. Um, I'm going to go Cowboys two. I think this is the week in which they stat their uh, sign of a very bad football team, 0-6 against the spread this year, uh, which is the the Jets did it this year too. They are the first team since 2013 to start the year 0-6 against the spread. Not great. Um, I I don't like the Washington football team. I, I don't think they're very good right now. I think this is a, a bit of a get-right potential game for McCarthy and company, and with all that's going on with you know players leaking stuff to the media about the coaches not being very good at their jobs, which is a huge problem. But I, I, I'm going to go Cowboys here, but I, I don't feel confident in it. No, I don't feel confident, and they better win the turnover war. For once, <sighs> Just this, one this game. Damn game. Has, well, Kyle on. Allen's not very good, so maybe. Well, well I, I, have, I have chosen the Cowboys in every single game this year except oh, no. for the Falcons game. Where I chose the Falcons, and and they pulled that game out of their ass, which so can, I don't so know. So can you how pick Washington, happened. please? So, I am deciding until this season, either they go full tank mode and they lose the next five games, or they somehow turn around the season and they go four and or, or whatever it is, five and four at the bye or four and four at the bye. Then I'll start picking, you know, on the games. But for now, I will not pick this game. I, I have no confidence in either team in winning this game, so <laughs> I will I will leave it at that. Seriously, Howard. Really serious. All right, you're sad. I'm leaving it at that. All right, uh, Howard. Let's go to our the Thursday night game. Wait, I just want to say one thing. If you're not, if you have any desire or any concern about starting McLaurin this week, don't. Oh, I would not. Don't have for, a, don't have worries. For fantasy wise, get, get right game for him. Yep. Uh, let's go to the Thursday night game, Eagles Giants. Uh, this the podcast always comes out on Friday mornings. So All right, so Thursday, we'll know if we're smart or stupid early. <laughs> you are either listening right now, and we got everything right, or we got everything wrong. Let's start with you, Don, uh, Let's start with you, Tom. Who do you like at this one? Uh, you know, this is a tough one for me. Um, I think it'll be close. Yep. Um, I'm gonna go Philadelphia gets back on track here. I, I, I don't love this team. I, I like Travis Fulgham this week, which obviously a little late to start him in your fantasy lineups, but. 
He's the one receiver Carson Wentz has any trust in. The Giants' defense has honestly been a little bit better than I thought they were going to. Been better, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with Philly, though. I think they, they get back on track here in a game that really they should win. I think the over might hit. It'll probably be a weird Thursday night game, but I just I don't buy this Giants team yet. So, so if ever. you're right about the defense. They've been really surprising. Bradbury is the real deal, and Blake Martinez was a great pickup for the Giants. Yeah. Um, but... You know, Deshaun Jackson is back th- this week. Boston Scott, you never know what you're going to get out of that little dude. You know? <laughs> and it's against the Giants. That's what happened last or last time when they yeah. put the Cowboys out of the, the division race? Yeah, so I'm actually I'm going to go with the Giants in an upset okay. here. Um, I just feel like they're playing a little bit better. I just There's something wrong with this Eagles team. You know, no no Miles Sanders, no Zach Injuries, Hurts, too. You know, too many injuries like the Cowboys. I'm, I'm going to go with the Giants. Well, well, I'll tell you what's wrong with their team, and we've talked about it for weeks now, and it's it's the quarterback, and it's Carson Wentz. I have been a Carson Wentz hater. Hater for this season. But before, I thought he was a good quarterback. I didn't have any hate against him. I thought he was a good quarterback, and I didn't want to play him. But, but this season... There is something off about him, and it's every team has injuries. Yeah, he had his... injuries for, for last year, and he was great last year. They praised him for, for working the ball around to 10 different wide receivers when they had Greg Ward, the converted quarterback, you know, at wide receiver last year, and no one knew who he was. So I am taking the better quarterback at this point in the season, and that's Daniel Jones, and I will go with the Giants in an upset. I still don't know if he's the better quarterback. Quick, quick, quick note on on because I don't I don't like Daniel Jones. Hated him coming out. Uh, Wentz, I think he's dealing with some mental and physical ailments right now. His his mechanics have really really regressed this year. I, those knees are a bit banged up. One of them's not quite right at the moment. And I I think with all the injuries on the offensive line and to the receiving core too. And there's a reason he's been throwing the ball to Travis Fogel. I think it's like 18 times over the past two games or 16 times or something. And there's been a lack of trust with his receivers. So mental and physical ailments for Wentz. I think at some point this year he kind of gets it back on track. But honestly, Philadelphia made their own bed by taking a quarterback in round two. That was not good for Wentz's mental health. Yeah, the, the, it stupid. really has. I mean, since Jalen Hurts was brought on this team, he has regressed is. severely. Mm-hmm. And will we see Jalen Hurts? Just a real quick one. Will we see him? Uh, probably in the Wildcat packages, yeah. I don't think but, you I mean, see him starting. Okay. No, nah, I don't think right. so. Uh, let's go to game one on Sunday. Lions versus the Falcons. In an intriguing matchup with the Falcons showing that they really do have the offense, you know, with with Julio fully healthy for once finally on my hey, fantasy team. You know? Hey, that team rallied for Raheem, man. Right. They, I mean, they did. And But the Lions are a, a sort of sleeper when they have everything going on offense and Stafford plays like Stafford played last game, which was the best game of the season by far. They can compete with with a lot of teams in this league, and I definitely think they can definitely take down an Atlanta defense that's been pretty bad and the secondary's been pretty bad and with Galladay back healthy this guy is is a solid top 10 wide receiver in the, in this league definitely. and I, I think they can definitely take down Atlanta pretty easily Tom I'm I'm gonna go Detroit here I, th- I think it's close um fun little betting tidbit here as I, as I look at my numbers the the bets have mostly been on the over which you know makes sense right over is 55 both these defenses are, are pretty mediocre the sharp money, though, where all the cash is being laid, heavy on the under. So I, I think low-scoring game, a lot lower than what you might other, otherwise uh, uh, be expecting. I think Lions went on a late field goal. I'm, I'm, I'm pounding the over. Pounding it. Mm-hmm. Take the smart money and play it that way, fine. But I'm telling you, these two right. teams put points up. 
Atlanta has been play, has basically been putting up 35, 40 points a game. I don't <laughs> see that changing. I mean, what? Okuda is going to stop Julio Jones? I don't see it happening. Julio looks really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Calvin Ridley is unstoppable. And on the other side, I love DeAndre Swift. Yeah. He got his coming out party, put Peterson on the bench, put Carrion Johnson on the bench, and play DeAndre Swift. This mm-hmm. guy is a stud. Well, one thing Atlanta, and, and I'll just throw in my sit for the for the week, actually, is DeAndre Swift. I, I disagree for this matchup only. He had a great breakout week against the Jaguars, who are, are awful of a team. The only bright side of this Atlanta defense is the run defense. They had Madison, you know, held to 26 yards last week with, with no Dalvin Cook. Madison last week was supposed to be the guy that that carried the workload and, and went off, and he had 26 yards on the on the ground. I don't I see that continuing, and Detroit's going to throw the ball. Swift had had his his week on on not as many carries as you know you would think with 100 something yards on the ground. Yeah, so he also catches the ball out of the backfield. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I understand that, but from a rushing uh, aspect, I don't see the 116 yards, two touchdowns replicating again, and I think. He, he, he is a week-to-week matchup kind of guy, and this is the matchup where, where I would sit him. Uh, let's go to the browns Bengals, the Battle of, of Ohio. Hey, since you're an Ohio guy, yeah. well, you get to go first. All right. Um, we'll see which Baker Mayfield shows up in this one. Is it chip on the shoulder, Baker, mm. or, or I can't handle I can't handle a clean pocket, Baker, because uh, the, the latter is not an NFL quarterback. Chip on the shoulder, Baker. Tell you what, that's the guy I fell in love with coming out of Oklahoma. Um, I'm going to go with the Browns in this one. I, I think they're a little bit better coached. Um, the Bengals have some locker room issues right now because they're not playing Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap. Joe Burrow's going to make it fun. He's going to make it interesting. Hope he has a big fantasy day because I have to play him because I lost Dak Prescott for the year. Uh, I'm going to go Cleveland, though, here. Oh, I'm totally going the opposite. And, and I'm, mm, I'm only not going again. I am. I'm on the Bengals. This is the third week in a row. I'm picking the Bengals again. And, and here's why. Okay. In the first matchup, Burrow played better than, than Baker. Yes. Uh, I think Burrow threw for 303 touchdowns. I think Baker had like 202. You know, they had Nick Chubb who ran all over him. They don't have Nick Chubb this time. Joe Mixon is oh. the other bipolar player on this team. One week he's phenomenal, one week he's terrible. Mm. This is the week I think he's going to be phenomenal again. And I love, 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 love T. Higgins. I think this guy is an absolute wide receiver, one stud. And him and Burrow have a great connection. You know, I just, I like this Cincinnati team. They're going to break out one of these games and have a big game. Yeah, I just think that the, the Browns are just more of a complete team because I think the defense for the Bengals is just not very good. And, and the offense is not a question. T. Higgins has been you know, the third best rookie wide receiver behind Lamb and Jefferson so far this year. And Burrow has been okay. I still think that Herbert has been the better rookie QB, but that's debatable. But Burrow has, he had that game last week and they, the defense just let Phillip Rivers, who's 500 years old and is literally playing so bad this year. And they let him throw all over him in the second half there. And that's not very, you know, it, it, that doesn't look good for me. And then I'm taking the Browns uh, in this one. All right, and let's go to the probably the game of the week, and oh, it's a one far. o'clock game. Yeah. The Steelers and the Titans both five and zero, and and a team that I thought would be five and zero, the Steelers, and a team that I didn't think would be five and zero in the Titans. Who do you like in this one, Tom? That's a good one. Um, I'm gonna go Pittsburgh. I I've gone back and forth on that one. It's probably gonna end up being a pick 'em one by the time the game actually kicks off. It's gone back and forth. Mm-hmm. I like both of these teams. Ryan Tannehill, ever since he got out of Adam Gase, has just been 
absolutely incredible. I mean, he, I think, is a legitimate MVP candidate this year. The splits for Derrick Henry with Tannehill at the helm versus Marcus Mariota are absolutely out of this world. But this is a good Pittsburgh team. Chase Claypool's really stepped up. James Conner stepped up. Big Ben is not the same guy he was in his prime, but the defense is legit. Tennessee's had a lot of really close wins this year, and at some point, I think they end up coming up short in one of them. I think that's this week. So last week, AJ and I uh, forced each other to pick a team other than the Cowboys to start rooting for. Mm -hmm. Um, So I picked the Titans because I really, I'm with you. I love what Tannehill is doing, and Derrick Henry is special. You know, mm-hmm. he's just fun to watch. The guy just has these alien eyes, and you just don't want to get in front of him, and he's just a tank. But I just don't see right now the way they're playing anybody beating the most complete team in football in yeah. Pittsburgh. And, that, and that's my, been my biggest argument all, all season is that they are the most complete team. That defense is is the best defense in, in the entire league, and it's just going to be a great matchup to see Henry versus that defense if Henry can continue this monstrous you know year that he's having already and I will take the Steelers I think it's close as you say but I believe that that the Titans do come up a little short and and some some do not, someone I'm starting this week like it's the same start as last week and it's actually on the Titans side and it's it's AJ Brown this guy is 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 someone that matchup it doesn't matter he just puts up touchdowns he's the red zone guy He's the over-the-middle guy. He's the short guy. He's the deep pass. He does everything. And I, I love him as a, as a wide receiver, too. Solid option. And I think he's a guy you can really slot in there no matter if they're playing. If they're playing Houston's terrible secondary, they're playing the best secondary uh, in the league. I, I like him in fantasy this week. Let's go to the Pan- uh, Panthers versus the Saints, a divisional matchup here. We've got Bridgewater, who came off his roughest game of the year against the solid Bears defense. But he's been playing pretty good. And then Drew Brees and the Saints who are just somehow they're three and two and 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 it's it's really intriguing because i just feel like they've my super bowl pick actually and they are not playing anywhere near a super bowl contender Uh, yeah i i am gonna go with i'm gonna go with the saints in this one because i think that the panthers are just as we said too up and down too inconsistent and i think that and it's still it's really interesting did you see today michael thomas with another injury tweaking his hamstring I don't know if he plays or not, but I don't. I don't think it necessarily matters because he hasn't been in the you know in the function the whole year with his one catch in the first week. So uh, so I'll take the Saints over the Panthers. I just think that they're you know they're a better team overall. Yeah, the Saints are. Look, Drew Brees is is getting to that age where you can really start to tell the arm isn't what it used to be, and he was never an elite arm guy after that injury when the Dolphins didn't want to sign him coming out off off the Chargers. Um, but the nice part is Panthers secondary is not that great. So I, I think it'll be a bit of a get-right-back game for the Saints, regardless of Michael Thomas is out there. Panthers will keep it close. I'm really impressed by the job that Matt Rule has done so far with a basically completely brand-new defense. But I got the Saints, too. So I, I, love, I definitely agree with both of you the Saints are going to win this game, but I'm taking the 7.5 points. I, 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 see this I, I like that bet. Yeah, I see this as a really close game. I mean, you're talking about a team that averages 400 yards a game without Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. right? We, we like Don't pay backs. Who said uh, that? Don't pay backs. Who said right? that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the funny thing is, is that, you know, uh, we, we affectionately call him Big Fatty, but Mike Davis 
looks like just a bigger version of Christian McCaffrey. Teddy Bridgewater, you know, he played for New Orleans last year, so he kind of has a good feel for them. I, I just, I don't know, I think this could be a really close game, but I do see the Saints probably pulling it out. And, oh, and, and play Emmanuel Sanders. He's going to have a big game. You like Emmanuel Sanders? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emmanuel Sanders is is probably your best bet. He he had the he had a pretty good game, and Traquan Smith had, had a great game against the Lions before the bye. You see, so I, I think either one of those guys, if you're dying at a flex spot, and you really you know, there's so many wide receivers this year, but with the injuries, it, you know, if, if maybe you have a handcuff from from Michael Thomas, maybe you have to slot him at flex. I think they're very good options with that that poor Panther secondary. Tom, uh, we're, Tom, we're big UCF fans, so that's the only reason we're bringing. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, he's. Uh... Exactly. Wait till we get to the Bills. We'll bring up Gabe Davis too. Don't worry about it. Bills, <laughs> nah, he's Bills a little bit Jets. better. Bills Jets. Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis. Yeah, whatever. I got the Bills. All right, let's move on. Uh, yeah, Bills are gonna win this game. No, no, but I, no I, have, I have a big problem with this game. Why I do. do. You have a big problem with this game. How are the Buffalo Bills only favored by twelve? I, I don't I don't know how they're only fair by twelve. The Jets can't even put up a point. It, it, this game is irrelevant. The Bills are going to win. Let's they're going to win by three touchdowns. Josh Allen has reverted to last year. Josh Allen? No, Josh Allen this week, this week will have three hundred yards passing yeah, and hundred exactly. yards running. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna ball out. All right, play the Bills uh, defense. Yes, yeah, play, play the Bills, the Bills defense for sure. Uh, Packers versus Texans in in a matchup of two teams where where the Packers just got annihilated. After going up ten nothing to the Bucks last week, and then the Texans, who were more you know closer than I thought against the Titans that they would be, and Deshaun Watson played his best, best game as of the season by far. And, and Tom, uh, I don't know if you've you know listened to my takes on Deshaun Watson. I am not a Deshaun Watson fan. I don't. <laughs> I just think it, it's not that's, that he's a bad player. I think he is very overrated, and he he hasn't shown me anything that gets me you know wow this guy is is is. Is a is it going to be a great quarterback in this league? I think he's a good player, and he he showed some really good plays and just came up short against a good Titans uh, defense last week. I think he and Dak are in the same tier. Mm. At least when the Dak's healthy. I think we both, have some Dak bias. Both 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 franchise guys that you just pay him. Yeah. Right. No, listen, Deshaun Watson's a good player. Um, hmm. What the heck happened to Aaron Rodgers after he threw the pick six? I mean, you want to talk about bipolar. Mm-hmm. He went from looking like he was—he had a chip on his shoulder. He did the little stupid uh, flexing thing, in, you know, with, with his abs in the end zone. And then next thing you know, it was—it looked like he was the most mediocre player in the league. Mm-hmm. What was that? Uh, he not—he uh, kind of reverted to last year, Aaron Rodgers, where the the raw statistics were really good, but. He was missing some throws, and I don't know. Maybe he just maybe he just had an off day. I'll tell you what. That Bucks defense. We'll talk more about them. Yeah. That is a good defense. Very. Like they, they they didn't put up great numbers last year because Jameis Winston, you know, was a turnover machine. Mm-hmm. But that was a good defense that got a little bit better. I think they're they're legit. The the line for this Packers Texans game is three point five. At least the the site I'm on right now, which. That seems really low for me. Now, all, all the money is on Green Bay. And I have a philosophy that when there's a line that doesn't make sense to me because that's what that Packers line is, I bet the other way. I'm still going to go Green Bay to win, but that game might be a bit of a, a trap game for me. So I'm going the other way again. I'm going with Houston, and here's why. For some reason, Matt LaFleur has decided that Aaron Jones isn't his best player. And he started, he's been giving the ball to Jamal Williams. He's been giving the ball to A.J. Dillon. And Aaron Jones, since the week that he blew out the, was it the Lions? 
Uh, he and has the been Saints as well. He's Saints been, and Lions. Yeah, he, had, he had two good games. He hasn't been any bit a, a, a focal point of the offense anymore. The uh, Houston Will Fuller is healthy, and their wide receiver core with Randall Cobb and Brandon Cooks. He, he, Watson has a lot of weapons, and I think this Green Bay defense is completely overrated. So I'm taking Houston at home, going on this uh, little uh, rebirth of Houston's uh, offense prowess, and then J.J. Watt puts Aaron Rodgers on his back twice. Yeah, I, I, I can't pick Houston. I, I just I can't pick Houston this this in this game with Aaron Rodgers coming off you know an awful game. He he is he bounces back after he usually bounces back after bad games in his career, and I think he's going against a secondary that got really exposed last uh, last week with AJ Brown, and I think that that Devonte Adams is going to have a big week because he had targets last week. He, he he's he's the only wide receiver on that team right now. You got to throw it to his hands. Correct. You have to throw it to his hands, and and, and I believe that that Aaron Rodgers will bounce back. Okay. They'll get a win, and I actually. You have to start Aaron Jones, no question. He, you know, he's a. He's, well, he's I a, have to. He's my running back in every right, league. Right, but with the with the running, you have no options to sit him. But a guy I like on waivers is Jamal Williams, and 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 a guy to pick up because he was getting increased carries, but he is kind of the receiving back. He's kind of the James White esque that the Patriots have on on their kind of end. But he is an interesting flex type of option or running back too if you're hurting at, at running back like I certainly am in my league. And and you know I'm having to start start James White. And you know Rex or Rex Burkhead and in, in some of my leagues. All right, let's go to the Buccaneers uh, Raiders. We were just talking about the Buccaneers defense and how we in the, in the preseason were talking about this defense in the front seven and how good it is. And it didn't start off well, especially in the Saints game. It did not start off good. In the last couple games, they have showed that that this is an elite front front seven. That's why they're my defense in fantasy. <laughs> But I don't like them. I don't like this matchup with the Raiders. You don't like this matchup. I don't. But I'm gonna go last. All right, Tom. We'll, well, you go first. I, I don't know if this game is gonna get played. Honestly, oh, that's um, true too. We also Raiders. We'll we'll see. Um, Trent Brown's out for sure. Um, the 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 question for me is gonna be. This is a John Gruden revenge game. Technically, I guess for both teams when you th- think <laughs> about it. But uh, which Derek Carr? And which Derek Carr attitude do we get? Because there is a wild difference in the caliber of quarterback play that the Raiders get out of Derek Carr with when he is willing to take shots deep downfield. And you've seen that at a couple of games this year against the Chiefs. They took shots. Now, they got lucky and hit almost all of them, which isn't always going to happen. That's just not how it works. But when they press downfield, I think that's why they drafted Henry Ruggs, when they, I don't know if it's a coaching thing or a forcing Derek Carr to do a thing, when they air it out and they at least try, that offense is legit. But when Derek Carr goes into the guy that he's been without Henry Ruggs over the past year and a half to two years, statistically it's, it's almost unheard of. But regardless of the down and distance, Derek Carr's average depth of target has basically not changed without Henry Ruggs, which is insane because whether it's first and 10 or third and 10, he's throwing it six yards downfield. It's, it's, I've never seen anything like it. Ruggs is going to play. I like this Buccaneers team. I'm still going to go Tampa. I think they're a better football team, but I think Vegas is pretty legit as well. So, Ve- right, I'll let you go, I'm so, so for me, how can I go, how can I go against a team that has Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski clicking in their last game. How can I how can I bet against this team? 
if you're telling me that that Gronk literally through the first five weeks was non-existent, was still, you know, in his WWE, you know, kind of events, he wasn't even, he wasn't even, you know, getting a catch a game, you know, he was non-existent on that offense, and now he comes out, and he just, he goes off for 578, had a couple key third down catches, had the touchdown catch, and if you're telling me Mike Evans takes an off week, Chris Godwin takes an off week, who I know you're not happy about in, in your fantasy league, but he, they, they were, n- you know, not in the game really that much. And then Gronk carries the offensive, you know, receiving patterns. And Ronald Jones is just a complete surprise to me how this guy just, they keep handing the football. He keeps, you know, he was averaging five yards a carry last game. And he gets, he, you know, they convert in the red zone, whether it's with Gronk or rushing the football. I can't bet against this Bucks team. They're on a roll. And I think they, they cruise past so the Raiders. I, so I'm putting the asterisk on the fact that I forgot that today with Trent Williams and the whole offensive line going mm-hmm. home. So uh, assuming Derek Carr has an offensive line in front of him <laughs> to protect him, they're, they're, this is the most, uh, uh, I, I don't know what the right word is, the most surprising team of the year for me. I didn't think the Raiders would even be competitive, let alone this good. I said they would I finish, know you did. I said I they know would finish second I right know you did. I'm, I'm, I, we'll worry about that later. But here's my problem with Tampa. I agree with you, Tom. Their defense is awesome. Uh, but from an offensive perspective, Brady threw the ball. He had 17 completions for 166 yards, and they won by 28 points. <laughs> right? I mean, the defense was awesome, but it is not going to be like that every week. No. And for some reason, I just don't like the way Brady looks. Like, even when he threw five touchdowns the week before, it still didn't look great. Like, I don't know. I'm just not bought in on this Tampa Bay team yet. They need to find, They need to win something big on the road and show me that they're really legit before I'm starting to pick. I, I will go with, with for fantasy uh, aspect, with a Mike Evans bounce-back week. Gronk, you know, I can poke fun at Gronk, you know, leading the team and, and receiving, but it's not going to be every week. It's just not, you know, he can't handle all that. The, the 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 bulk of the the throws cannot be going to Rob Gronkowski. Mike Evans has to get involved, and I believe this is a game where it's perfect for him to get involved. Get you know I don't think he was has been healthy the last couple weeks, but hopefully this week he can get in some practice time and he can have a a game against uh, in a matchup where you should have have a good game. All right, so can I ask the two of you a, a quick fantasy football question because I'm actually in a little bit of a problem here. All right, all right. I have three wide receivers and I have to pick one of them. Mm-hmm. Right, Cooper Cup, mm-hmm. Mike Evans, mm-hmm. or Emmanuel Sanders. I just told you. Did you? Were you not listening? I'm asking you. I said Mike Evans. He. Right. Ha- I think it's right, Go, Tom. Go Evans. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I like Evans this week. Okay. All right. All right. Moving on. Let's go. Let's go to the next game. Uh, also, that game was moved from Sunday night to a four o'clock game, and as Tom <laughs> said, might not even get played. We're not sure yet. Uh, let's go to the Chiefs Broncos. The other, you know, in that divi- in the Raiders division, uh, their first matchup of the year. The Broncos coming off a game that they won by Brandon McManus uh, beating you single-handedly in fantasy last week by putting up, you know, a solid 30. But they go against the Chiefs team who has has been very, very good this year, like to no one's surprise, obviously. And they took down a, a Bills team with with Clyde Edwards Hilaire carrying, you know, them to that victory last week. Gonna make this very easy. Mm-hmm. Okay? No Noah Font, no Cortland Sutton, no Melvin Gordon, no chance. Okay? Mm-hmm. I'll take the Chiefs, I'll lay a hundred points, let alone nine and a half, and the Chiefs are gonna kill them by double digits. Uh, yeah, I got KC too. I know that Denver defense was pretty damn good against the Patriots. Drew Locke was not. He was and terrible. If, if you're gonna beat Kansas City, you're going to need a big game out of your offense. I mean, that's what we just talked about with Vegas and Derek Carr. So, yeah, I got Casey in this one. 
Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I, I can't go against KC. But the the Broncos, it would have been, you know, it would have been much interesting if Drew Locke came back last week and played like the Drew Locke from, you know, the last six games of last season that the Broncos fans were going crazy about, that this is their new quarterback. And he came out and they they couldn't even score a touchdown. And, and Lindsey kind of carried them into field goal range five yards, and that's how they won the game. No Locke let the Patriots back in, too. Yeah. Right. No Noah Font, no Cortland Sutton. He has yeah. he has Jerry Judy to throw to him. Yeah, Tim Patrick. It's not great. And and for the Chiefs and Okoye Bunam. <laughs> Dude, that guy seriously cannot catch a ball. <laughs> yeah, he's had drop issue yeah. though. Oh my back God, to Missouri. He had about hands. four touchdowns really oh, and then he couldn't come down with it. He was killing but, but I had for, a play Drew Lock last week. Before the Chiefs, <laughs> I believe that Watkins still dealing with an injury. Miko mm-hmm. Hartman without a catch yeah, last weird. week, which was interesting to me. I think he comes out with a much better matchup. And Tyreek Hill not even involved. As well, he just cost me a win. Kelsey, he, he kept up, but Kelsey, you know, he's always going to be that number one guy for on that team, no matter what. I think that Miko Hardman gets involved more this week, and he could be a, an interesting flex option for your fantasy team. Uh, 49ers, Patriots, Patriots. We just talked about, you know, against the Broncos, These the two- offense is just struggling. Talk about a team that that should probably be interested in an Antonio Brown or a, a Des Bryant for some wide receiver help. They have, I mean, Nikhil Harry is just not getting it done. He's awful. No, he's not getting it done. He has no chemistry whatsoever with Cam. Yeah, I think Cam really missed out on those two weeks or so of practice because of COVID. Good defense for the Patriots. Bad offense. I mean, they didn't have skill guys last year. They never really upgraded it. And they've run a much more run-focused offense in it. Did not work against Denver, who has a great run defense. Niners are one of the most banged-up teams in the NFL, right alongside the Cowboys in Philadelphia. I don't have a great feel for which way I want to go with, with this game. I'm going to go Patriots get back on track. <laughs> that, but that Patriots this, this is this is a Patriots and a I'm not actually going to bet on it game. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, God, there's no money going on this mm-hmm. game at all. I'm, I'll take the 49ers just because, you know, Debo Samuel finally found, you know, the football field and they found, they gave him the ball. Um, and Jimmy Garoppolo looked a little better and Kittle is just awesome. So I'm going to go with the 49ers, but I don't feel good about it. You got two great, great coaches here too, Shanahan and, and Bill. Yeah, very true. I I have expressed my, my points against the 49ers where I just don't think they have what it takes on offense. And now they lose their best player on offense, which is Raheem Mostert. The dude is the most underrated I don't know, player, but underrated running back in the entire league, and now he's down probably another two to three weeks with another knee, ankle, whatever the injury is, and he's killing your fantasy team because when he's on the field, he is so explosive, whether it's in the rushing game, whether it's in the passing game. Yeah, but they got Jermichael Hastie. Now, Hastley. now you got Jermichael Hastie, which is my, my waiver pickup. Oh, he was? He is my waiver pickup this year. I am, don't play him. Yeah, don't, I, play him. don't play I, him. I'm not, I'm not looking at, at playing him. I, I want to see another week of you know what he can do. You wasted but, $3 in fab money. Look, I, I have some money to spend, okay? <laughs> so I am, I am struggling at running back. It is bad. It is beyond bad. You know, It, it, is, it is guys that are, are third strings bad. But Jermichael Hastley is a guy who you know came in when 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 Mostert please, came out. Please don't make a case for this guy. I'm not making a case. I'm just it's something I love to point things out because okay. if they're right, because then you're gonna talk. Then about I can you know say so, that I got it. So Tom, on our recap, uh, we do two podcasts a week, so we mm-hmm. do a recap one on uh, Tuesday morning or Monday night, and we do a segment called What We Got Right, What We Got Wrong, 
and pretty much we're doing this just so that we can be the guy right. who has more right. And, and I'll take my fault if he doesn't do anything, there but, you, you know, remember the name. That's all I'm saying. All right, let's go to Jaguars, Chargers. Jaguars, who are the second-worst team in the league, right behind. They are close behind the Jets. They are, not they are who we thought they were. Exactly. See? Hey, let them off the hook. Don't, don't encourage do them, not, Tom. Do not, don't let encourage the, do not let the week hey, one win fool you. Gardner Minshew is the greatest week one quarterback in NFL history. So true. And then he regresses down the curve like the banana splits. So back back when 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 we were saying last week that we chose our, our teams that we're going to root for because the Cowboys are just embarrassing this year, I took the Chargers because I am falling in love with Justin Herbert. I think this guy is the next best thing. I believe that he is winning that Offensive Rookie of the Year case right now. He's playing just a little bit better than Burrow is right now. But the team is 1-4. They have the Chargers are in so many close games. They it always seems like they lose on a, a penalty. They lose because you know something crazy happens in the game, and they go against a Jaguars team which they should handle fine. This is this is my number probably the number one QB matchup besides Josh Allen this week is Justin Herbert. Play this, all of your Chargers. Right, Justin <laughs> Herbert. I don't know if Keenan Allen, you know, if the injury was that serious, but Mike Williams stands out to me as well because Justin that Jackson was bullying bullying the Saints secondary. Is he healthy week. either? I don't know if he is, but but it, someone's got to play this week and I think that right, Justin Jackson and you know and Mike Joe Williams Kelly. there and and Kelly could could all be you know, you could all reasonably start them expecting big numbers from from them all this week. Your take? I got Chargers winning this one. I feel fairly confident about that one. Yeah, um yeah, the Chargers are a unique uh uh, they just keep proving the, the rule right every year by being the exception. I mean, in, in most cases, you have bad injury luck one year. Going to get it figured out the next year. The Chargers have had consistent bad injury luck. They've changed the, the medical staff, and they still have problems. And it's been years now where they just cannot close close games. And you would think that in most cases, you, you finish around 500, and you're going to have a bad year and then a good year. They're, they always have bad years. It's just, it's wild. I have a great statistic that will sum all this up. Hit me. Okay. They are eighth in the league in yards per game at 410. Mm-hmm. They are 27th in the league in mm-hmm. points per game at 20.8. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't really add up, does it? No, it's a lot of field yeah, goals. Yeah, it's a lot of field. And, and Michael Badgley is, is, is it, that is guy it? you got to start in, in in the fantasy because they they just can't get into the end zone, and that's a big thing. And all their you know all their touchdowns. Have pretty much been big plays from Herbert. Yep. And 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 another thing that that kind of stands out is that the Jaguars' defense is terrible. And with C.J. Henderson in Week One, that's kind of you know he showed. Damn, this guy. You know this. The Cowboys fans are are kicking themselves now. He's been hurt, and that they've lost five straight. I'm staying away there. That that should be an easy Chargers win. Two primetime games left. Uh, Seahawks Cardinals flex to Sunday night because of the the Oakland Raiders uh, COVID situation. And you've got the Seahawks, who are 5-0, arguably the best team in the league, and the Cardinals, who are coming off an impressive uh, performance against our Cowboys. Oh, they beat us? But was it that impressive, you know? <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure. This is but, a great game. But it's a great game. Great. Yeah. I think Kyler Murray played very well rushing the football last week. I was not impressed at all in the throwing game. I thought that he was very he was, inaccurate. He was, he was a... A little juiced. He right. was he was pumped to be playing at 18th Stadium. Especially on on the throw to Christian Kirk, the deep the deep pass. 
he overthrew him a little bit, and Kirk had to lay his hands out there to grab that, or else that was another overthrown touchdown. I, I, I don't mind that throw. I mean, it's throwing the ball deep downfield is tough. He could have hit some other big plays if Andy Isabella knew how to track a football. But <laughs> That was great. He lost it in the lights. He lost it in the lights. He was right there. What is, ugh, Dude, oh, wow. this Seattle offense is unstoppable. Yeah. It's unstoppable. It, it I mean, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are the 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 one-two punch that nobody can seem to get a handle on, and then throw in David Moore for a little bit here and there, and then you've got, you know, uh, a decent running game, and then you just got Russell Wilson, who's special, you know, especially on the deep balls. How is Arizona going to stop them? I mean, quite honestly, Buda Baker is one of the best safeties in the league, but he, he plays near the line, so he's not like the, the ball-hawking he's, yeah. safety. He's not a deep guy. Right, and so you're, you're hoping that Patrick Peterson can stay with DK Metcalf, which he can't. Right. So, and and if, if Andy Dalton was a little more accurate, Michael Gallup could have had a very big game against yeah. Patrick Pearson last week. Yeah, or if the refs didn't hate us. But, all right, we're not going back to the Cowboys. <laughs> Dalton could have seen him, yeah. I mean, I, I think Seattle, they finally let Russ cook. The nerds successfully bullied them into changing their offensive game plan. It has worked wonders. Give me Seattle. Yeah, give me Seattle, too. I'm even going to lay the three. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Seattle like that, as Beth. well. But Christian Kirk, with his... His kind of coming out party. That was a one last week wonder. Week. But you have to look at Seattle's defense. The Cowboys secondary is the worst in the league, and it's not even close. And I'm not, you know, there's nothing comparable to that. But Seattle's defense is nothing, nothing great this year, and it's it's really mm-hmm. below average, especially the secondary. Shaquille Griffin has been getting burnt by the Thielens and then the, the the other top wide receivers that he's played this year. Yeah. And I think Isabella, you know, obviously Hopkins is going to be in your starting line. There's no question. Or Isabella is an intriguing option, but I like Christian Kirk, that second guy who showed, you know, he had a great year last year, and now, you know, he had that that great game last week against the Cowboys. I think he can he can have another a solid performance against against the Seahawks. I just appreciate the Cowboys allowing you know people who have been dead to the world to come back to life. Yeah, it's it's always us. It's always <laughs> us. Get right game against them. It's yep. the get right game. And our last matchup of the week, Monday night, Bears versus the Rams, and it, it's. It's the NFC East first place. I think can the can the Rams come into the NFC East? They have four wins and all four of them against the <laughs> NFC East. I think they should be allowed in the division. And then you have the Bears who are somehow five and one with Nick Foles. They're a quarterback and the defense is right there with the Steelers for being pretty damn good this year. I think this is going to be a titanic struggle of limited <laughs> offensive success. Uh, Rams defense has been a little bit inconsistent. The Bears defense is really good. Uh, Sean McVay got out-schemed by Kyle Shanahan, which happens to everybody. Um, I got the Rams in this one. Uh, at home, I think that helps. This has been a very surprising Bears team. I think the defense just isn't going to quite have enough. I think you're going to see a classic sh- sh- uh, Sean McVay game plan, which is going to be designed to, to get the ball out quickly, use a lot of eye candy, a lot of jet motion, a lot of misdirection that absolutely roasted the Cowboys. I think they'll have some success against the Bears. I love the under in this game. Yeah. 45, it's going to be like a 2017 affair. Would you, would you lay the six? I'm tempted. Um, I I think the Bears are going to find a way to keep it close. So I kind of like that uh, Rams money line under parlay. I see this game being a lot of running. Yeah, yeah, it they're, could be a lot. They're of gonna running. try and run it. Yeah, yeah. Mon- Montgomery has been pretty pretty yeah, decent this year. I mean, especially with Cohen out, he can't take any you know rushes against uh, away from him. 
and he has done pretty much all he can do as behind you know, the battle line. Top guy. And I'm riding the Daryl Henderson train. Yeah, <laughs> riding it's, it. It's not a bad pick, and I'll also take. Uh, no, I'm actually gonna go with the Bears, and and I'll go. I'll say why I'm going with the Bears because I am actually besides the five and zero teams with the Steelers and the and the. Uh, the Seahawks, I, you know, which have been pretty easy or uh, picks uh, so far this season. The Chicago Bears, I've picked accurately every single game. There are five wins. I predicted all five. And then the Colts lost. I predicted the Colts to win. And I predict the Chicago Bears will somehow, and I don't know how, will be 6-1. and one. Wow. And it's because L.A. has been, and we talked about the inconsistency last week and how McVay got outcoached and, and out-schemed. And it, it is, McVay sort of is, is week, week in and week out the best coach in the NFL, the most creative guy, getting praised left and right, and sometimes he just, the offense is not is not what it is. The play action is a little too much, or it's a little, they don't run it as much. And then Jared Goff is, I mean, is a guy that, that I am, 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 am high on, but he has, he has not played to what I think that in this offense he could, he could live up to this year. I don't know. I'm not that high on golf. Yeah, I'm not that high on golf either. So, I don't know. Let's see. I mean, yes, you've been right every week on the Bears, and that's scary. And I'm not happy about it because this team should not be 5-1. and one. Yeah. All right, so we wrapped up all the picks. I got to leave one question or one comment for you, Tom, before we right. uh, wrap it up. So you put it on, uh, I believe it was your Twitter, and I think you probably mm-hmm. do every week because we're uh, the same. But it, is there anybody better than Scooter Magruder? for saying what is a Cowboy fan's mind during a game. No, he nails it. He absolutely <laughs> nails it. It's unbelievable. I laugh my ass off every time I watch it. I'm pretty sure he puts cameras in our in our house. And he, and and he hears he, me screaming right, and the things I'm, that I'm, I'm yelling. Sure. You know, that and the guy who punched his, uh, threw a, a beer bottle against his uh, TV and then started punching right. his TV. There's some great stuff out yeah. there. All right, Tom, thank you for joining us today. A pleasure having you. Of course. No. Yeah, we'd Happy love to come on, guys. again uh, when, when, when we're better. I think we can make we can make that work at some point. <laughs> All right, awesome. Thanks a lot, Tom. That's going to do it for today's episode. Make sure you share the podcast with your friends and your family if you enjoyed. Follow me on all socials. On especially on TikTok, I'm posting daily sports content as well as answering all your fantasy football questions. If you leave me a comment on any of my videos, I'll make a video responding to it. Uh, get me to a thousand followers. We're almost there by football season. Also, you can follow me on Instagram at the Sports Appeal Podcast. My TikTok handle is Sports Appeal AJ. My Instagram is the Sports Appeal Podcast. Follow me on all those. You can also listen to any other episodes of the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Just le- search up the Sports Appeal. Also, you can go to my homepage, anchor.fm slash AJ Teal to get to all the external links